Ah, the sounds of the high budget applause greet you on another episode of the radio show, The Aftermath. We thank you for hitting the download button, the subscribe button, or whatever button that you have used to find yourself checking us out on this. I, I can't believe I'm about to say this easy, but it's a special audio-only edition when we were on the radio for all these years, and now us just doing only audio is a big deal now because we're on YouTube, but here we are, man. What's going on? Yes. Um, and I think the world will thank you for not putting us on camera because I'm sure we're not dressed in our Sunday best. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, I mean, you ain't even got to say that one time. It's, it's things that need to happen. For, you know, a shave, you know, all type of stuff is going on here. So audio might be the best for everybody at this point. But we just wanted to... Uh, you know, just come together, uh, you know, um, get back in the saddle as far as like our old uh, way of doing things and just have a, you know, uh, a bull session that hopefully people will enjoy listening to. So, um, again, appreciate you checking out the show. You got Easy and M16 here on the Aftermath with you. And uh, if you have not checked us out and you have not uh, hit the subscribe button, please do. We're on YouTube now. Just search for the radio show or search for the radio show, The Aftermath. You'll find us on there. Hit the subscribe button. We, uh, I think uh, we're up to, I believe it's five videos now, I believe, with um, the latest one Enough dropping. Enough for them to keep of, them occupied for a minute. You got five fact. choices to go watch. Watch one. And, and then watch another. You don't want to. And another. But if you don't want to watch us, then you can always, um, you know, subscribe to the podcast on the many different platforms that we're on, including now we're on uh, Amazon Music now. So you can ask Alexa to play the radio show or it's the radio show and she will get it going for you. But um, thanks, Jim you know, uh So I wanted to put this out here, too, at the beginning of the show that uh, we still are available for having guests on the aftermath. So if you're somebody who, you know, you're music, I mean, any type of talent that you have out there and you feel like your story needs to be told, hit us up, the radio show inbox at gmail.com, all right? Or you can DM us on Instagram because we've gotten some guest requests from people via DM on Instagram. We're at It's The Radio Show on Instagram. Or you can send us a text, 678-800-1677, and we'd love to hear from you. All right, so easy enough of that, you know, housekeeping on air stuff. Let's get into what we came here to do, which is run our mouths. So we're going to start off this episode of the aftermath talking about, well, I mean, it's something that dominates everything right now, the Rona. And with the Rona, man, um, this new norm of quarantine, not being in big gatherings if you can help it, you know, these are all things that have become the new norm over the last six months. But I guess my question to you is, and I guess we could start a dialogue in it, is when will this Rona thing allow life to return to whatever normal we had going on before all this? Well, I think once you we have some kind of vaccine in place and there's really no setbacks with it, I think that's when we'll be able to kind of um, go back to normal. Um you know, a few reports have come out that, you know, it'll be well into 2021 before we can even try to go back to normal. Um, 
some suggest it might be till 2022. Um, I think everybody's ready to go back to normal, but at the same time, I think we want to make sure we do it the right way. You know, not the way that these reopenings went. Looking at you, governors of the world, but um, I, I'm I'm optimistic. I, I hope that um, it'll be sooner rather than later. I just think that we just got to get through this hurdle of flu season and COVID because they both have the same kind of symptoms and. You know, holidays are coming around, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween, which may cause mass gatherings. So I think if we can get through this and not – and with minimal damage, um, we can start to be optimistic towards um, getting back to normal, in my opinion. Well, it's funny um, that you mentioned about – uh, getting back to normal and looking at the governors as far as the opening and reopening. So I don't know if you saw this article with um, Governor uh, Ron DeSantis of Florida. He's a gym, ain't he? Um, so he made an announcement on Friday. Florida, y'all had one job, okay? Florida had one job. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He announced that all the restaurants and small businesses statewide can reopen and operate at full capacity. So he says that it's the only way to keep their economy strong and that going forward they're not closing anything. So they're operating as if the Rona is not out there. And um, he was the one who was pushing for schools to fully reopen. I, I don't know what to say about that, man. I mean, this is never going to go anywhere unless – I mean, it's like people are just not taking it seriously anymore. And I believe, you know, we've talked about that many times over, that people aren't just taking it seriously but what is it going to take outside of – because a vaccine is only going to get you so far. And we still don't know how effective it's going to be to start off anyway. And nobody's going to take some hastily made vaccine just to say that they've taken it. They want to make sure that it's um, effective. So what else does it take? What else is it going to take? Because people just clearly aren't listening at this point. Well, I mean, you just mentioned it about the governors. I think – I think they're one part of it, but you also got to look at it too um, at each individual. Like, yeah, if you go visit family, that doesn't automatically negate the co- the coronavirus being in your grandma's house or your, your mom's house or your dad's house, whatever the case may be. Like, just because you're with close family and friends doesn't mean that you just can't still have a mask on. And I think that's where the second the the original spike came in the first place, and then the second go round was that people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, we can't go to the club or this restaurant, but you know, I can have ten people at my mom's house or my house, and we can kick it, and I'm close with all of them, so I know they ain't got it." Like that kind of ignorance about the situation. Like, just because you're with your friend doesn't mean that automatically, like, you can't get COVID. Like, that's just not how it works. And I think kind of, sort of, people have realized that. And while cases are still, you know, appearing and we're still getting more and more each day, I just don't – 
I don't think I don't think it's as rapid as it was before. Like, look at Georgia. I think Georgia was like, you know, a couple thousand a day, however much it was. And now I think I looked and it was like 800 yesterday. So I think that people are starting to get the picture, but I'm not banking on that because because the cases are going down doesn't give you the green light to just go back to normal. Yeah, that, that was part of the problem is that when they started to see when once most states uh, got on a shelter-in-place order or a quarantine, that at the moment when it seemed like they were starting to, like, tail off, they went and reopened again. And can part of the problem be, and we've talked about this before, is these anti-mask people, is that the big, is that like the biggest issue with this thing is that it's the people who are refusing to wear masks when they're basically saying, if you wear a mask, we could basically, if everybody just wears a mask for a certain period of time, we can just get rid of this thing. But yet it's been made political. So can we put some of the blame on people who are just flat out refusing to just simply wear a piece of cloth over your face? Well, yeah, yes and no, because, you know, if I'm not wearing a mask, that's one thing, but, like, where am I going? You know, I think that's another part of it, too. Like, for the most part, I haven't seen a lot of people not wearing masks like I was in the beginning. I think majority of the people have gotten the memo now obviously there's still like a few couple of people that that don't wear it for whatever the reason is it 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 ain't trying to tell you that much um i think the part where we get in trouble is um where we're still having these mass events and we're not having these social distance or mass protocols in place um you know, I, I don't want to take shots, but there's like certain events that have been going on where we've completely ignored said mandates for this person. Sturgis. Um, Sturgis. The, the Sturgis uh, bike rally comes to mind for one of those. Wasn't a mask in sight in those pictures. Not a mask in sight. Right. But, I mean, three of these events took place yesterday, and I didn't see a mask in sight on TV. Um, and I just don't get why the president of the United States is holding events like this, um, because you're not exactly helping the cause. Like, I don't know if they just feel immunity to it, uh, if they think it's a hoax or what, or maybe they just don't care. Maybe they just want to get back to their normal life, but, you know, the president had three rallies yesterday. Two of them were in closed environments and there weren't a lot of masks in sight. And I just don't get those, those kind of things are what's going to continue to delay our progress. If that makes sense. Well, I think the problem, one of the biggest problems with it is that, a health care or a health crisis 
was turned political by dismissing it as a hoax where it's like, oh, well, they're just making that up because it's an election year instead of just taking it seriously and go ahead and, and, and killing it off. They're still not taking it all the way seriously. And a lot of people, I think people underestimate how much people look at political figures and people on TV and believe what they're saying to fit their narrative saying, oh, well, you know, they could safely reopen the schools because, you know, the percentages say that, you know, you'll probably get it and recover. But my thing is, what if you don't? So what's the problem with just wearing a mask to make sure that you don't instead of just writing it off as the a media creation? Um, it, has it reached 200,000 deaths yet? If it hasn't, it's real it close. But, it has. okay. I would say that 200,000 people um, – who dealt with COVID, who lost their lives, if they could say something would speak differently on, you know, how that's going. Now, some of them brought it on themselves. I hate being this guy, but when you got guys like Herman Cain, who is elderly, who has no business being in crowds, not wearing a mask during this time, and then he catches COVID and dies because he's putting, I don't know, politics over science, that's pretty difficult. Uh, you know, that's pretty damning evidence. I'm not saying that, he didn't have other underlying things going on, but I don't remember him saying anything about him having COVID till he went to that Tulsa rally, you know? So it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's frustrating. You know, people say they want to go back to their lives and live it the way they want to, but yet they don't want to follow the rules to get us back there. It's, it's extremely frustrating and it's starting to get me triggered. And I know you like me to be triggered, but this ain't the way you want me triggered right now. So I figured we could just switch gears and move on into something maybe a little bit more jovial or, or something like that, um, when we start talking about sports and how sports has fared during the the pandemic itself, um, man, I was wrong, man. And I'm saying it right here, right now, for it to be recorded and played back. I really thought that sports was going to fail miserably in this aspect. Um, The first one I was saying was about the NBA bubble, and that thing could not be – shoot, America could learn something from the NBA – and and how they ran things right now because, like, they, they did it perfectly. They did it right, man. They're going to end up crowning a champion, and they're going to end up being able to say, hey, man, we got through this with essentially no issues. I mean, minus, you know, Lou Williams making this little pit stop to, you know, Magic City. But I was wrong, man. The NBA bubble works. I mean, it works to perfection, and – I don't know, man. Adam Silverman, he got it down to a science, man. Maybe he needs to be, uh, you know, given some uh, guidance to Washington because it worked. It's still working. I wonder if they're going to continue to do it this way until this pandemic is over. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Easy? Well, he is a former lawyer, so I'm sure he he could definitely help anybody in politics um, because, you know, he knows the law. Um, but, yeah, I think not only could we as a society learn from the NBA just from the point of, hey, if you put rules in place and you follow those rules and hold people accountable if they don't follow the rules and the laws that you put in place, it can work. Um, you know, the NBA did a good job of having protocols in place. Hey, this is what is required of you before you can enter. Once you're here, these are the rules that you have to follow. If you have to leave, these are the rules that you have to follow to get back in. Um, and if you violate said rules, you will be held accountable. And I think 
it's worked and it's been organized and it's made sense. It's worked so well that Major League Baseball is going to do their playoffs in a bubble format. Now, you know, they they started off not too hot, but I think that they have realized that this is something that needs to be taken seriously because we are humans. We like being around other humans. As much as we say we don't like people or some people might say that they're introverted or whatever the case may be, like, we like being around people at the end of the day, people that you like for the most part. And, you know, sometimes we get in contact with people and the next thing you know, that person's been in contact with 10 other people and those 10 other people have been in contact with however many people. And the list goes on and on and on. I really think that obviously, you know, the bubble's 500 people or however much it was. Obviously, it would have to be much on a much bigger scale for the country to make the country work. But I just feel like, you know, the NBA from the jump was like, hey, this is what we're doing, and this is how it's going to work. And you have to follow the rules to be, you know, to make it work. And I really think that our governments could really take a page out of their book and implement those on a much bigger scale. Man, or they, they are should. operating. But it's crazy because they're basically they are operating on their own. They got their own little city going on where it's a COVID-free city where people are being tested. They're they're following the rules. They've had no major outbreaks. Um, essentially, they figured out a way to squash the whole threat of, of the bubble. No one's like you said. No one's allowed in or out without protocol that's set in place, and they've done it perfectly. Now, I guess we're on the M16 was wrong tour, so let's go ahead and continue it. I believe it's on the record somewhere in the archives, too, that I said that the NFL was going to translate horribly to TV during the pandemic. Man, I was wrong on that one, too, because you don't realize how much they don't show the fans during football season until you watch the NFL games. Until there's, like, certain things that happen, like a punt where they have to go wide with the camera, you don't even notice the fact that there's no fans in there. It's the, the, the action is, I mean, outside of it being a little bit, you know, choppy and slow because there was no preseason, it translates just as well on TV as it did whether there was 70,000 fans or seven fans or no fans. It's really not a whole lot of difference in what it looks like. Now, I feel like there's a little bit of – like I guess a, it's a possibility that something could happen because they're still traveling and not occupying a bubble. But if I'm not mistaken, are the are the teams in a bubble or are they going home too? Like how does that work? They're going. Are they the teams are going home too? Um, okay. And insult to injury uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, they're zero and two, um, coming off of a very bad loss to the Cowboys, and apparently today, um, rookie cornerback. Uh, AJ Terrell or yesterday tested positive. So now he's got a quarantine and now the team is doing contact tracing to see if anybody else potentially has to sit out. So uh, I kind of feel bad for them already because the season's not going as planned for them. But like if AJ Terrell came in contact with like Matt Ryan, like you got a problem there. So I think that's a watch out for the NFL because they don't have the bubble. 
you know, they got to make sure that I don't know if they're testing daily. I don't know if they're doing it like a few days before the games. I don't know what's going on, but you know, for the Falcons sake, hopefully AJ Terrell didn't come in contact with folks that are like really important to the team and potential turnaround non-existent. (laughs) So I think that's the only thing to watch out for with the NFL is that they don't, you know, they're kind of operating like baseball is right now. There's no uh, bubble. They are testing, but, you know, all the guys can go back home. Now, some teams are operating in a bubble in their respective cities, um, but not all of them. I think Philly, New Orleans are the, are two for sure, but I don't know if any other teams are doing that. Man, it's, it's funny that you were mentioning about – you know, players coming in contact with things because I see a lot of habits that guys are still doing in football that don't seem necessarily all that sanitary during a pandemic. A lot of quarterbacks going, uh, you know, licking their fingers and stuff like that, having their hands on the ball. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of things guys still like doing a bunch of spitting because didn't they ban spitting this year and being able to um, go to your mouth uh, in baseball this year? Like that's something that you cannot do, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not ah, sure why okay. they didn't implement okay. that. For, I, I really believe that it is because, um, I, I, I mean, I'm asking a bunch of questions with Google readily available, but if I'm not mistaken, that's banned this year. So I don't understand why the NFL didn't put something in place where guys shouldn't be, like, you know, dealing with anything that has to do with saliva, which is, like, the main cause of this stuff. I didn't see a whole bunch of that. But for now, it's working. There haven't been any major outbreaks. Same with them. No major outbreaks at this point. Um, you know, I guess it's something to be monitored. But as of right now, it seems like it's under control. Now, one thing I was right about was the executive director of the NFL talking about, oh, yeah, we expect stadiums to be in full capacity. I just want to just hit him with something really hard in the head for saying something that's stupid. As you can see, most stadiums are operating with either zero fans or very limited social distancing extremely far away from 60,000, 70,000 people together in a stadium. It can't happen. It's not happening. Forget about it. Don't even get it in your head. It, it's just – that was a, just a dumbass statement for somebody to say that they expect full stadiums. I mean, I can expect several things. I mean, I can hope to expect to win the lottery. That don't mean it's happening. What a what a stupid-ass statement. I mean, come on, you had even had to roll your eyes when you read that too easy. Come on, he's like, full stadiums, man, please. Not happening. Well, not I, even yeah, I did. I did, but, you know, I always bring it back to look at look at the ownership. Look who's running the league. It's the same. I just, I just find it to be amazing, but I wonder if that's something that could be sustainable. Um you know, maybe we might put this on social media. I would love to know what the rest of the cast would think about that, too. Maybe it's something we could bring up on a later show is if the U.S. would just find a way to exist in a bubble for a certain period of time, you could probably just – because that's the whole crux of it. You know, you kill off the disease by just ha- letting it have nowhere to go. You know, you close yourself off, limit your contact, and you, and you kill it off. But I'm getting back into what I said I wanted to get away from. But I wanted to uh, ask again, you know, concerning sports, do you see, like, this protocol of the way that they're being played right now going forward? Like, I heard that the next NBA season, once this one, once this season concludes uh, towards the end of next month, that 
the beginning of the next season wouldn't start till January. Would it be a? Is there talk that there could be a, a an extension of this bubble coming up in twenty twenty one? So the initial talks have been we won't necessarily do one remote location for every team, but several locations within each conference. So like. Like, on the Western Conference, you would have, like, L.A., Dallas, Portland, and, and some other places. So there would be, like, multiple bubbles for each conference or each area. Oh, so each area would have a hub, basically. It's correct. Okay. So for those, you know, for those, like, the Trailblazers, for example, them going all the way to Orlando, if most of those players live in Orlando, I mean, uh, Portland, a long ass way from home um you know whereas if you have these remote hubs like i'm sure there'll be some days where they're they're off and they're not playing any games where they can go home and be with their family or you know pack more shit you know who knows um but that's the initial report is that they're looking into having hub locations and apparently the ncaa college basketball side of it is looking into doing that as well. That's interesting because we didn't even, we didn't even discuss college football at all, where there are some that are operating right now and there are others who are starting their season later, um, November. I can't remember which, uh, the, the, the big 10 starts in November. Um, so aren't there some SEC every... teams that are playing right now? So just to make it easy for the listeners, basically all the black conferences are starting in the spring. So the MEAC, SWAC, they're playing in the spring. Uh, majority of your D1 Power 5 conferences are either playing right now or they're going to start later on in the fall. So Pac-12 is starting in November. Big 10 is starting next month in October. So all the Power Five conferences will will play their games out um, in time. Well, as if if plans go as they expect, they'll basically play their whole season right in time for bowl season and the college football playoff. I I don't see how they're going to pull it. I don't. I, I mean, I I just it's so I got so many questions on this to steal your catchphrase. Because it's like well, well, like one school, um, Georgia Southern. So like the Sun Belt started like on time, normal schedule, no no issues. But like one team in the Sun Belt, Georgia Southern, like last week, they had like that was their first game, and they had like thirty people out between COVID and other things. So that's like the really extreme bad side of it is like you either don't have half of your roster or you can't play or got to cancel a game. And then you have the other side of it where a lot of like the SEC today, like I don't think any games got postponed. I think all the games went on a schedule. So that one's a little tougher because, you know, how are these schools operating? Are, Are a lot of these schools remote? I don't think so. Like, I don't have kids, but a lot of coworkers and people I know, like, they brought their kids to school like normal. 
And, you know, for those of you that went to college, they ain't just sitting in their dorm. They they going out, they partying, especially if these places are open. Even Hell, even if they're not open, some frat house is hosting a party right now as we speak. So that is a much harder beast to to contain, I'm sure. Even for the smallest of the smallest schools. Yeah, because that was my concern with that is like, are some of these not playing right now because they can't afford the testing? Because if you can't test, you can't play. Like, it's that simple. If you can't do regular testing, what you're having, what you're doing can't exist unless unless that happens. So I'm assuming that a lot of these schools that are deciding that they can't play or won't play is because they can't afford the rigorous testing. Man, I hate to circle this back on the race thing, but you just mentioned all the black conferences. Could this be a money thing with them, bro, where they can't afford the testing, so they got to try to put it off the spring to see if this thing dies down between now and then? Is that part of it? Uh, I think I think they I think they probably have enough funding to do testing. I think I think any major college. I mean, all of them have clinics, and you know, some some of them have medical schools and things like that. So I'm sure all those schools have the resources, and even if they don't, I'm sure there's like a peer in the conference that could help out with that type of thing. Um. But you bring up a valid point. I mean, these schools are not funded like the schools that are playing right now. They're just not. Um, so it could be a mix of both. Like, hey, we don't want to overutilize our resources, so let's just wait till the spring where the weather's going to be warmer. Um, we won't have to worry about as much. You know, you got the flu in. COVID going to be going around at the same time. But I think also, too, from uh, marketing, Americans love football. We love watching the shit. We can't get enough of it. Um, You mean to tell me that a regular Joe Blow or Jeff from Des Moines isn't going to tune into some HBC football, HBCU football in the spring? I think they tune into it, especially if they're playing after the Super Bowl and things like that. I think they're in for some prime time TV and added eyes on the sport because they won't be playing with everybody else. It's it's very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. Um, The sports fan doesn't care because you've never been bombarded with sports going on this much, this fast all at the same time where you got the four major sports going on all at the same time. The baseball postseason is starting, football season right in the thick of it, the basketball playoffs, you got the hockey playoffs going on. Man, so all the, all those months you got starved without sports, you are getting your feel now. It's some on every second of every day. It's almost too much to keep up with. And um, I'm pretty sure that most of the sports junkies out there are here for it. And um, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. And, and and let's keep it a thousand. I'd rather watch HBCU football than have to watch Canadian football. I'm just saying. Um, it, well, sort of, kind of. Let's just hey, our listeners in Canada, because we do got some in Canada. Easy was just playing. He's he's just so down with Canada. You just have no idea, a. Eh? He's just playing. 
but he's not really. I playing. mean, I like I like Canada. I'm just saying. You say, but you could do. I, I you could deal you. without the CFL. Uh, yeah. Is that what we're saying? I can tell you something real quick, just to change gears here before we get into. Don't at me. Is that I got to get something off my chest about something uh, that I saw, and I could not believe what I was seeing, bro. And it's this movie, Antebellum. Easy. Listen. You know me, man. When something is good, I give credit where credit is due, and when something is bad, I um, I uh, don't hold um, back. Blasted so, to smithereen. Smithereen. Yes. So um, this is uh, your warning that a rant is incoming, bruh. Antebellum. Now remember how we talked about John Henry being one of the worst movies we'd ever we'd ever seen. And if you want to hear our review of John Henry, check us out on a previous episode in the archive. Yeah, where we reviewed uh John Henry. Spoiler alert, it's awful. Easy, I don't, I don't know, know if you've seen this movie or not. What what's up, bro? What were you saying? No, I, I haven't. Um can you just give me like a quick synopsis of like who's in it, what's kind of it about low key? Okay, so let me also, let me preface this before I get started, just to let you know, spoiler alert, it's terrible. So don't let anybody tell you, and, and same thing for you, the listener who's listening to this, who you got that one friend of like, nope, it's a good movie, you need to watch it. They're lying. This movie is hideous, okay? It is beyond <laughs> terrible. But if you want a brief synopsis, I will give you a brief synopsis. All right? So... Uh, the movie has Janelle Monet in it, and this is no knock on Janelle Monet. Great singer. Oh, never mind. Um, hey, you're good, bro. You ain't got to get the synopsis. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you, you're good. <laughs> you, you can go. Just tell us how bad it is. All right. This movie is preposterous. Um, I'm going to give a spoiler-free review of this uh, because... Somebody may want to... Okay, so first off, before I get to that point, let me talk about the level of festivity that comes with this, that this movie is considered one of these releases that would have been in the theater, so you got to pay 20 bucks to rent this movie. So we're already starting at a deficit <laughs> at the fact that 16 had to ante up 20 bucks on this from Jump. So we're at a deficit before we, from the word go, already. So Damn, that's a double L. This, Yes. So the movie starts, and where it fails miserably is that the movie is dependent on playing on your feelings to become emotionally attached to the characters, which is the premise of it gets you involved, it gets you hooked in. Well, here's the problem. There's no, nothing really to draw you in. It tries really hard to paint Janelle Monet's character as this family woman who you care about what she's got going on in her family, and you're invested, except you're not invested. You're not invested in her family. You're not invested in her friends. Her friends are obnoxious. Um, you're just not, you're not interested. It doesn't do anything to pull you in to make you care about what's happening to her. You, don't, you just simply don't care because the whole thing is just completely stupid. Whoever came up with this, it's like the thought process and the premise of it in their mind was one thing because the preview would lead you to believe that this would be something that would grip you. 
Except it's the exact opposite. Um, it's just they try to play on your feelings to make it feel like it's one thing, and it's it goes in a completely different direction, and it doesn't shock or awe you in a good way. You're sitting there wanting to turn over a table because you cannot believe not only have you wasted your time, but you've wasted 20 goddamn dollars to watch this stupid-ass movie that you never are going to want to see again. And I mean this. You're never going to want to watch it again if you see it. And again, let me say this again, just so you know. I'm not just saying this just because, you know, I have something against whoever was in the movie or whoever created it. No, it's bad. And do not let your friends tell you that it's good and you need to watch it because they're full of shit because it's awful. 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. The users don't like it. I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's spilled popcorn and it's a Rotten Tomato because it's a terrible movie. I do not recommend it. If it's on a scale from 1 to 10, it's like, I don't know. I I don't want to give it a zero because there was some effort put into it. So we'll just give this movie a 2 out of 10. Do not recommend. Very ghetto. Don't visit it. It's horrible. You've been warned. Thanks. I'm going to give myself the high budget applause because I just, I'm scared about what I'm saying. Don't watch Easy. Don't listen. Don't let anybody coax you into saying that they want to see it. You know, if your girl's asking you, like, hey, let's let's kick back and watch a movie, you be tell her you're busy doing anything else other than watching Antebellum. It's dreadful. That's the best way I can put it to you. It's dreadful. Don't do it to yourself. Save that $20. Go get some wings or something. I don't know what to tell you. Don't don't waste your time or your money. It's that bad. And if you watch it, I'm telling you, if you watch it and then you say to yourself, well, man, this movie was shit. I told you it was from the jump. Don't rent this movie. Don't even watch it for free when it comes out and it finally gets to, like, HBO or whatever it goes to. Don't ever watch it. Thanks. Sorry, so, you know, I got this. Yeah. So you you know I have questions. Please. Who who whose idea was this for y'all to buy this? I I thought it was on Netflix or some shit. But you mean to tell me that you found enough interest <laughs> to purchase <laughs> to purchase it? All right. I gotta so know what I tell you that led to that purchase. It was your- <laughs> It was your old, it was your oldest niece who made the suggestion, and after seeing the preview, which is where they you know they hook you in, I was like, all right, premise is okay, let's let's check it out. You know, the the the, the preview has some Django vibes too, so it's like, okay, let's check it out. So I wasn't mad at her. The the, the trailer did its job. So yeah, what else you got? <laughs> At what point did you know that you made a mistake in making said purchase? Oh, bro, fifteen minutes. I'm like, Damn. I, I I said it too. I told my wife. I said, I said, listen, guys, I love spending time with you, and you know this is great. But I really hate this movie, and I would love to stop, but we can't because we spent money on it. But I said that about 15 minutes. I was like, I hate this movie, Uh, okay? I really hate it. Something needs to happen here pretty soon, or we're going to have some problems. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Any other things you want to get me triggered about this movie? (laughs) Please ask Am I the only one? (laughs) Am I the only person that could care less about Janelle Monae at all? 
Well, I no, because she was good in Hidden Figures, and she's a good singer, and I'm happy for her success. You know, beautiful young woman and all that stuff. But you're saying you're just not a fan of hers, is what you're saying? Like, I'm I, not, no, there, there, there's nothing. Great, great person. You know, good, good advocate for all things right in the world, especially when it comes to gay rights and things like that. But she just does not interest me at all. And I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion. I don't know if that's somebody at home I mean, took a gasp and said, <gasps> but like her music, yeah. the stuff she does, I'm just like, eh, like it's not, it doesn't get me hyped up to go watch it or anything or listen to it. It's just, it's not the biggest thing. I mean, you you have your, your right on that one, bro, because there's some artists that people fall in love with that you just don't see the big hype around. I mean, and that's just, that's totally possible. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, you have to like this person. No, you, you I mean, because I, I can just say this right now. I I liked Lauren Hill when she was with the Fugees, but when she went solo, it's always an unpopular opinion. I'm not a fan of her. I don't, you know, people go on and on about the miseducation of Lauren Hill, and I just sort of look at them like, I'm not interested in listening to that. I know a lot of young women came of age listening to that that uh, that album, but she doesn't do anything for me as a solo act, you know? So I can feel where you're coming from with that. I mean, I'm not trying to compare the two, but I get what you're saying. And, and no, no, I, just... no I, I agree. I, I, Lauren Hill, is she good at what she does? Absolutely. I just don't really listen to her stuff. And I don't see... Well, she's not talking to you. You don't see what the big deal is, right? Yeah, I just don't see the big deal about it. But... I know she's not talking to me, but there's some guys that'll borderline beat your ass if you talk shit about Lauren Hill. Like, one of them is one of my best like, friends. Yeah. It, like, Essence Sean is a staunch Lauren Hill supporter. We argue about her at least once a quarter. We've been having this fight for 20 years. So, yeah, there's some people who just stand behind them. My, your, your, your sister in law. I bring this up and she just gives me these just dagger looks like how dare you even fix your mouth to say that. But you're entitled to that. Some artists just don't just don't do it for you. It just is what it is. You know? Nope. Um, like we could go this is that's a whole show in itself when we start ranting about the people that we don't particularly care for that people feel like we should. So some point in time we can revisit that. Well, right now, what I want to do with you, Easy, as we get close to, you know, closing things up here, is that you know, of course, since we're on the aftermath here, that I got to hit you with the game that's sweeping the nation because we got several of those. Don't at me. So I hope you're ready for these questions I'll come up for you here, and uh, let's have some fun with this. Why don't we? Okay, let's do it. Alright. Alright, easy. Fried fish or fried shrimp? Damn. Deep thought. Got him already, first question. I eat more of fried shrimp, but I really like fried fish. Damn. 
All right, I'm going to go with fried, fried shrimp. Don't at me. Damn. <laughs> but you don't feel good about it, though. Um, I don't feel good about it at all. You don't feel good about it. Because it ain't nothing like sitting down to a mound of catfish. But I'm with you. I'm going with fried shrimp, too. But it's, it's very it's very reluctant fried shrimp because you can't go wrong with either one of them. All right. Next one. So do you pay the bill as soon as you get it? Or you pay it once it's actually due. <laughs> or see when I have the money to pay said bill. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> so with that being the case, uh, I'm paying it when it's due because uh, sometimes that bill knocks on my email inbox and I'm like, hey, buddy, you're going to have to sit there until the due date because uh, it ain't in the bank account yet. <laughs> Well, look, bro, I'm with, I'm with you. When I wrote that question, I was like, no, the answer's off the board. You'll get it when I got it. So it don't matter whether it's due or past due, you ain't getting Nathan until I got it. And that's just Yep, that's, and, that's and, and every time I go to pay my bill, you try to get me with the, hey, how about you just do a, with, a automatic withdrawal? Uh, fuck you, man. I'm going to pay it when it's I been said. It's been said on this show, and we will say it again. We don't care. Man, the radio show could blow up. Sirius could sign us tomorrow. The bill ain't never going on auto pay. Never. Never. Ever. Ever. All right. What's more satisfying? A good nap or a good workout? Um, both of them are, are very cool. Um, but the lazy man in me is is, is going to say a good nap. I, I, I figured you'd say that. Um, for me, it's definitely, I mean, I'm not really a nap person. You know, I'm not somebody that you'll catch sleeping during the middle of the day. I mean, sometimes it comes for me. And a good workout is cool, too. But I'm also a skinny fat ass. So usually I've eaten a whole bunch. So a good nap would be right after that. So it's a good nap. All right. I like how you tried to paint that as if you were about to say workout. Oh, no. Hell no. After I've devoured a a gang of chicken wings, the last thing I want to do is a bunch of crunches. All right. So, will you prefer your drink over ice or already cold in the can or bottle? Um, Already cold. Don't at me. Yeah, I feel you on that, man. It's like, not that ice always takes away from it, because, you know, you pop the top on a Dr. Pepper or whatever it is that you have, and I know you're a Sprite guy. You like Sprite, too. But it's something about it being in that can that's ice cold that you ain't got to do nothing else to it or that bottle or whatever that that helps it out. All right. And, and I feel like ice is just an excuse for people to rush. Like, the only time I'm putting ice is if I need a drink right now and I know it's not cold. You got to wash it down with something. All right. Your fried shrimp or fish, whatever. All right, last one. You matinee movie or nighttime movie? Nighttime movie, but not too late. Don't at me. Um. Okay, I got a follow-up for that one. Why nighttime? It's, you know... What, what's the main so, turning point with that? 
So look, the movies are hella dark, as everybody knows. And the shit just throws me off when I go see a movie in the middle of the day and I still have stuff to do for the rest of the day because I feel like when you go into the movies, it should be... Like, you come out thinking it's nighttime and then you get out and you see the sun glaring you in your face. It just doesn't, doesn't feel right. So I'd rather just end my day with a movie. That way, I, you know, I walk into the dark movie theater, I'm walking out to nighttime, and I can just go, like, straight to bed. Like, it just works better. All right. For me, and you know me well, bro, it's matinee. It's not even close. Not only from a price perspective, because you save a few bucks on that, but the fact is, is that all the loud hoodlums and thugs that talk and do all that other shit while I'm trying to watch the movie, they ain't up yet when I'm going to see the movie at 1030 in the morning. By the time they get out and start doing their thing, I'm already at lunch already. So it's definitely matinee from a price standpoint and from a my sanity standpoint because I'm 40 and I don't have time for people and their shenanigans and their nonsense when I'm trying to watch the movie. Maybe if I was like you and I was in my mid-20s, I still feel that way, but I ain't, so I'm not. So I prefer a matinee. And well, I hope you rebuttal, preferred us. Slight rebuttal. Um, number one, uh, sometimes the added noise in the movie theater, depending on the movie, is hella funny and needed. Um, and number two, depending on where you're going to watch that movie, you can't avoid those hoodlums and thugs. It's just saying. This is this is facts. But at the same time, I'm gonna take my chances with an AM Cinema for about $6 a pop. But I'll tell you what we did take a chance with, having fun playing Don't At Me with my man EZ on the aftermath, the high budget applause. So like old times here, radio-only version. Man, EZ, it felt good, man, to get on here and, you know, be on just the radio-only this go-round. But it also was fun to kind of, you know, get some stuff off our chest here, drop a little bonus episode, and keep going about our day, man. So you got anything, you know, as far as any anything parting that you want to, parting shot that you want to get off your chest before we get up out of here, man? Um, you know, I got nothing. But I am enjoying this college football right now. I know you hate it, but, man, there have been some good games today. I'm sure they are on the on the backs of unpaid labor. I hope you're enjoying your free entertainment. I hope you are. <laughs> For me, I just want to point out to everybody that we appreciate everybody who has migrated with us as we've taken this journey from doing just radio to being on YouTube. Um, we've gotten positive feedback, and, you know, we're still in the infancy stages. It's just getting started, so we're overcoming some, uh, like, let's just say this. When we have this conversation again in maybe a month, this thing's going to be running like a well-oiled machine. But we appreciate you bearing with us as we kind of fine-tune what we're becoming and what we're evolving into on YouTube. But we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the listeners and now the watchers as well. And just make sure and check us out. It looks like the new episodes drop on Fridays now. We used to drop on Tuesdays, but now it takes a little bit extra to get everything going. So you can usually expect to see that in your feed on YouTube and then on all the other streaming providers between Thursday and Friday, but it looks like Friday is going to end up being the day that the show uh, will drop uh, unless something changes. But again, we thank everybody for their feedback, their um, passion about what we do. We definitely uh, appreciate you guys. And we just going to be 
you know, keep trying to put out the best thing that we possibly can and take this thing as far as we possibly can go. Um, so, yeah, make sure and check us out. This episode, though, will not be on YouTube. You can get this on our feed wherever you get your podcast. That's what's making this an audio-only version, just, you know, for nostalgia's sake. So, you know, there you have it. So easy. I'm sure the people will be happy. Let's hope so. I'm trying to give you something, man. World is crazy out here, man. Everybody needs something to just kind of unwind. We get it from talking, and hopefully you get it from listening to it. Easy, man. It's cool hanging out with you, man, on the show, man. Um, I got a feeling that we're going to be on camera next time we do this, so enjoy it, though. Definitely. Appreciate it. Same here, bro, bro. Cool. So make sure and check us out with the rest of the crew. Your boy Cool Joe, the jerk. ATL Diva, Tiki Blue, along with Easy, me, M16. We thank y'all. Hit us up. The radio show inbox at gmail.com if you want to be a guest or get your music played. All right? So, again, many thanks to the listeners, especially you. I'm talking to you directly. Thank you. And um, just remember, you just listen to the radio show, The Aftermath, and you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch y'all soon.